Principles, and welcome to the NAESP Principal Podcast. My name is Adam Welcome. I'm an educator in California and a fellow with NAESP in the Innovation Center. My partner in crime, Rachel George, could not be with us tonight, so I am doing this one solo. We're just so excited to be bringing you all the NAESP podcast. And if you are a longtime listener, you know that it's not just Rachel and I anymore. There's a, a bunch of the different centers are adding podcasts to the principal podcast that was done by design. So there wasn't all these other podcasts that you had to follow and subscribe to. So everything is just channeling through this NAESP principal podcast, real ideas, amazing principles to just make your leadership stronger and more innovative. And tonight, super duper excited about our guest, elementary principal, NAESP Zone 3 Director, the NDP, the National Distinguished Principal in 2019 for the state of Maryland, past MAESP President, that's the Maryland Association of Elementary School Principals. That is confusing because there's like the Minnesota Elementary, there's Missouri, there's a few different M's, and then there's MESPUB with Michigan, and there's Minnesota, without further ado, Ed Cosentino, Principal E-C-O-S on Twitter. Ed, welcome to the podcast, man. Thank you, Adam. I'm really excited to be a part of the podcast. I'm a big fan of your podcast, and uh, I'm looking forward to our conversation this evening. That's what we call a longtime listener, but this is your first podcast you've been on. I love it, man. I'm excited. First time. First time for everything. I'm really excited about it. Well, I love that because I was telling you before the show, I've been podcasting for like 10 years. So I've been on probably a thousand episodes and this is your first one, which is great. I'm like here to like, you know, bring you along the journey. I gave a really brief introduction Ed, go a little bit deeper. Give us some background. Tell us a little bit more and uh, we can just start there. Yeah, thank you, Adam. I'm um, this is my 26th year in education. 20th year in school administration, 11 years as a principal. Uh, I spent nine years as an assistant principal. I am basically about a half mile from where I grew up. And I've lived here all my life in Howard County, Maryland and Columbia, Maryland. Uh, I'm principal of Clemens Crossing Elementary School, where I spent the last eight years. I feel like uh, each year is kind of like dog years, so to speak, where you have like, it feels like more years than it is. Uh, But yeah, it's, it's been, um, the last eight years and being principal Clemens has been just an incredible experience. Um, and I hope to retire from there. Uh, but it, it is just the, the, it is a wonderful neighborhood school, um, in the heart of Columbia, Maryland. Yeah, that's awesome. Ed is a NASP groupie. We were talking before the show. He's been to like every NASP conference in the last however many years. So if you're listening and you found this podcast kind of not through the NASP channels and you're a principal, NASP is really K-8. So if you're elementary or middle, go to NAESP.org. Honestly, the dues are super affordable and the benefits that you get out on the backside are just absolutely awesome you should become a member there's so much pd the summer conference is uh is really amazing that's our nasp plug so first question ed 
I used to ask the question, and I still do sometimes, like, what's your best advice for someone that wants to get into school admin? I'm not going to ask you that question. The question I'm going to ask you is, what would you tell a group of teachers so they want to get into school admin? And I feel that that question is not more important, but I feel it's more critical right now. Just, you know, there's a there's an educator shortage. We're not even going to say that there's a teacher shortage. There's an educator shortage. So we need that next generation of people that want to get into school leadership. Um, you know, and the advice for school leaders, I think, is still important. But what would you tell teachers on why they should get into admin? I think teachers, when you tell, when, when you work with teachers and you coach them, you observe them, you um, work with them so closely, they have an incredible impact on their students and in their classroom. And I think that's one of those multiplier effects where a principal can have that same type of impact, but on a larger scale. And if that's something that they want to do, I love to be able to help coach um, future leaders, teachers into that, give them the opportunities to, um, to try it out, to try leadership, to try being a team leader, to build up capacity within their team. Uh, and, and I, I love that opportunity of, of grooming future leaders and even assistant principals who um, are interested in being principal giving them um, a lot of opportunity. It, it's kind of like that same thing that um I've, I've had two assistant principals become principals in the last uh, four years, and I have a new assistant principal this year, and she's fantastic. And it's it's it, it, every every cycle is unique because first you kind of want, want to show them the ropes. And then it's that gradual release where you give them more responsibility. Sometimes they they're eager and they take on more responsibility without even you having to to delegate or work with them. And then it's kind of that um, as my my last AP basically last year, she started off. I said, I'm going to take a big step back. This is your school. You run it. Mm -hmm. I'm here. And so it's it's really fun for me. Um, after 11 years of being a principal and 20 years of being in administration to, to do that, to give back, to focus on that next level. That's really where I am in this late period of time in my career, uh, to give back, to build future leaders and, and uh, know that I've, I've had that impact on, on both teachers and current assistant principals. Yeah. What do you, so I feel like there's a lot of misnomers out there. I, I know when I got into admin, people were like, Oh, I, I don't want to miss the kids. And I feel one of those misnomers is um, you're not going to miss the kids instead of 25 or 30 kids, you now have three, five, seven, 800, uh, you know, you actually get to Im impact like all the kids and not just your class. Is there any other like, you know, misnomers or things that you think people may not understand, not just about being a principal, but being like a school administrator in general? Oh, well, I think, well, our division is called school management and instructional leadership, and you can't have one without the other. It's like the chicken and the egg. Um, but really, if I believe you have to be able to be strong with the school management so you can thrive with the instructional leadership. Um, if one is out of kilter, you're going to spend an exorbitant amount of time on, on that one. Uh, so I feel like those new principals or those aspiring leaders need to understand how to 
manage that whole school management side of it so that they can focus completely on that instructional leadership. And for me, I feel like I can model that with my colleagues who are interested in that, that leadership is that, that school management piece of it, you know, the buses, the cafeteria, the schedules, all those things are routine. Um, and then you can get into that, the, the real nitty gritty of school of instructional leadership, the data, the instruction, um, the observations, the coaching, all of those things. And, and really balancing it all. I think that's one of the hardest things for um, aspiring leaders is really getting the depth and the scope of it all and to be able to, to balance it all. Yeah, no, I, I agree. How do you plan your day? Uh, do you plan it like Sunday for the whole week, the night before, the morning of? And then second question on this, once the day gets going, how do you prioritize your day? Because as we all know, like, oh, my calendar's awesome today. Yeah. I'm going to be doing this. And then, as you know, as a principal, something happens <laughs> and it, it gets waylaid. So how do you plan your day? And then how do you prioritize once that day gets going? Well, I'm a big, big... Uh... I like that saying, um, failing to plan is planning to fail. And I, I'm very thorough with calendars, not only the day of the week of the month of the whole year. And it's not like I'm planning December right now. That's been on the books during the summer. I spent a lot of time during the summer planning for the whole year, um, planning when I'm observing teachers and a, a relative scope or period of time. Um, but then to answer your question daily, I, I really try to make sure that I'm in classrooms as much as possible. Um, and at least once a day, if not longer, uh, interacting with kids, uh, observing teachers, walkthroughs, things like that. Um, but really doing what I'm supposed to do, making sure that I'm in classrooms, observing teachers and providing feedback and input um, with instruction. And then really monitoring student progress as much as I can on a, a global scale, because um, what I try to do is empower my, my colleagues, my team leaders to really manage that on the grade level um, to, to, you know, managing all that instructional leadership as well on the grade level. And then we converse as a, as a team or as individual teachers. Yeah. How many kids at your school, Ed? How many students? 558 Clemens Crossing. Yeah. 558. So talking about your school, what are you most proud of at your school? Well, it, it is, uh, you know, I could go on and on about the history of Columbia, but Columbia was, uh, it's about 55 years old and it was a, a planned community and the heart between Baltimore and Washington. And it's a place that I grew up in and I'm very proud that I am uh, leading a school in a, in a community where I grew up. And I, I actually was, what got me into teaching was that I, across the field, there's a, a neighborhood pool. And I used to work at that pool as a teenager, eighth grade, all the way up until college. And I used to coach the team. So I know the community in that respect. So I see families that I've known for 30 years walking their dogs and they're saying hi, and they still call me Eddie. <laughs> like, hi, Eddie. I'm like, hi, Mr. So-and-so. And so it's really that it, it's kind of that it, it, it it's that home 
that it's home. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm proud of. And I'm look, I love that I'm leading the school uh, in my community that I grew up in. Yeah. You know, you're a local when the old timers walk by you and they call you Eddie. (laughs) So I was principal where I went to school. And I remember when I was a kid at the school that our principal used to smoke a pipe in the office. (laughs) You know, I mean, and dude, like we're probably about the same age, you know, I'm 43, like I'm not that old, but like the things that they used to do not that long ago, it's so funny to like think back at those things, right? (laughs) The teacher smoking lounge back in the- Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's so funny. So, Hey, we love talking about books on the podcast. What is your favorite leadership book that you've read that maybe you give to all of your new assistant principals or you're like, Oh, you got to read this book. It's really changed you. Is there that one leadership book, Ed? So uh, it it helped. Yes. The multiplier effect. And I can't remember the author right now, but the multiplier effect is, is, I am not a micromanager and the multiplier effect. I know you're looking up right now. Um, And uh, it it basically talks about how with the best intentions, a lot of principals have the best intentions and sometimes they are, are micromanagers and they become diminishers or accidental diminishers. Uh, And I mentioned a little bit, a a little bit ago that, I empower team leaders to help run their team, uh, plan, do data conversations, talk about students. And the the idea of the multiplier effect is you've, if you trust your six to eight team leaders, then you're empowering them and you're building leadership capacity with them. And then if they run their teams in the similar fashion of the multiplier effect, where you kind of divide and conquer among the teachers on your team, then you're building leadership capacity among them as well. And that was kind of the premise of every time I bring on somebody new, new team leader, new assistant principals, I use that book to help explain me. And um, I, I think it's a brilliant book um, for, for my philosophy of, of leadership. Yeah, the multiplier effect, tapping the genius inside our schools, Liz Weissman, Lois Allen, and Elsie Foster. I'm going to dovetail a little bit. You know, I love, this is why I love podcasting and, and, um, and just connecting with other people, you know, as talking about empowering team leaders in this and that. I totally know, know what you're talking about. And as you're saying, you know, my approach to that is as a principal, I always say do as little as possible, which is just another way to look at it of like, hey, what do you think? Or, hey, you take that and you're not you're not not doing your job. You're you're empowering your people to actually make decisions because you're talking about the bus routes. You're talking about food services. You're talking about maintenance. And if you as the principal or everybody listening is trying to do everything, then you're not going to be do, able to do anything mm-hmm. or you're only going to bring your team so far because they're reliant on you for everything because they're so used to you it's it's like it's like parenting you know like my wife and i we want our kids to hang out with us 
when they're older, but we want them to not need us. Yeah. And they, we want them to just come home for Sunday dinner or, you know, whatever, yeah. just to come and visit. Um, and that empowerment piece. And then to your point to this book, the multiplier effect, uh, it, it's just so important uh, to do that. Uh, what are you doing to help recruit staff for your school? Uh, I, I mean, I worked with hundreds of schools this year alone and everybody's like, oh my gosh, you know, there's an educator shortage. So is there something unique maybe that you're doing to help recruit uh, people for your team for next year? Yeah, well, Howard County, Maryland, uh, the Howard County Public School System is our our school system. And in, in Maryland, school systems are by county. We have 23 counties and then Baltimore City. Uh, so in Howard County, it's very the central office basically um, runs the show and we are site-based in, in a limited capacity. We don't get the multi-million dollar budget and decide how we spend things. We, we, we principals don't have a say in the curriculum. We have the responsibility of implementing the curriculum from the County. So for human resources, that's all done centrally. So teachers are recruited, um, there are preliminary interviews, curricular interviews, and then once people pass that, then they go into a pool of candidates so that when hiring season happens, I have a pool of candidates from human resources that I can choose from. Hmm. So I don't have to do, but ultimately I want my school to be a place where people want to go and where they will go on Twitter or Facebook or on our website and say, Hey, that's a pretty cool place to be or word of mouth or, look at our union surveys saying what's you know how is it a fun place to work is morale high and i believe you know i'm a little bit biased but i believe we have a great place to work and uh, when people ask do you want to go work at clemens people want to and so they they're excited to interview with us and so i I, I, we have, I'm not saying we don't have challenges hiring. <laughs> we do with some, some areas of our school, but uh, usually I'm very strategic with hiring um, well into the, usually we start planning for that in February once we get our allocations from central office. And then I, I do a survey with our staff and figure out, are you retiring? Are you looking for a change? Are you looking for a promotion? And I kind of gauge that. So immediately when we're able to hire, like we have to wait for a certain date to hire. And once we're ready to hire, I don't waste any time. Grass doesn't grow under my feet. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, get on it. It's interesting what you're talking about with the budget. So people listening, you know, some people don't, don't know this. It just really depends. And where I worked in California when I was a principal was like you, uh, you know, I, I didn't get this big budget, but some, some schools, some, in some places, the principal will get like a $5 million budget mm -hmm. and you have to order toilet paper and you have to order and do and do all the salaries. I mean, I had to do none of that. I got, you know, $30,000 general fund for, <laughs> you know, yeah, teacher stuff and paper and this and that. It's really, really interesting, just like the differences uh, around the country. Uh, I'm actually glad I didn't have the millions of dollars because that's a lot of money just to like divvy up. And it's just more line items that you have to worry about in your budget, right? Well, and I can, again, I don't have to worry about ordering and I don't have to worry about budget and things like that. I do get a little bit of a budget. Mm -hmm. We call it materials of instruction, but um, I can focus on instruction. 
Mm-hmm. I don't have to worry about, oh, did we get a bid out? Did we, yeah. <laughs> did I make sure that our, 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 you know, everything is aligned? We do have a, a an account, but mm-hmm. it's not a multi-million dollar account. Yeah. So makes, makes it easier. We get yeah, to focus sure. on instruction, which is nice. Yeah, for sure. And what's the coolest adventure that you've been on in your life? It, what did you learn from it? I feel like, I feel like, you know, I think about like my adventures in life, some planned, some unplanned. And then in the moment, you maybe you don't realize the learning and the growth. And then you maybe you look back years later, you're like, oh man, like when that thing happened or when I did that, I really learned a lot from it. Is there one of those experiences in your life that you can kind of reflect on? Yeah, my wife and I, uh, we love traveling our kids. Um, we love traveling with our kids. I think travel is a, a way to open up the world and and one of the really most memorable experiences i would i was selected after the 2019 ndp cycle to go to the life touch memory mission um the one that we see every time we go to a conference that they they put on the screen on one of the last days the life touch memory mission and we went to the dominican republic and costanza and in the mountains and we built a school and it was just incredibly eye-opening kids are kids no matter where what country wherever they are kids just were their eyes lit up and um it was just a, a life-changing experience um but i got to meet with not only do we help build part of the school but i got to interact with uh the principal of the school and the kids of the school teachers of the school and even they had a fourth and fifth grade teacher who was a male teacher and doing the same thing i started out as as a teacher when i taught fourth and fifth grade so it's just there no matter what country whatever state whatever county, whatever jurisdiction, no matter where you are, um, we're all doing so many similar things. We have so many more similarities than we do differences. And that was just an incredible experience, getting to meet um, principals and colleagues from all over the country um, to help. And then we descended on Costanza, Dominican Republic and helped build the school. And it was just an incredible experience. Yeah, I love that. And I I could not agree more. I'm just going to keep spreading that. I feel like we are so much more alike and similar than than we are different. And I feel um, I'm not bringing anything in politics or current events into this, but I think right now more than ever, our world needs more of that, more similarities and just people realizing that people are people, kids are kids, and we all probably just want to keep our families healthy and safe and build community and um, and just uh, and, and, and enjoy our life. I think that's a, I think that's a really great takeaway from uh, a really cool adventure. What's been the biggest change that you've undergone since you started your admin journey? I feel like people evolve over time. Like, Oh gosh, I used to really be like this. And now I'm not, has there been like a big change since you started to Ed right now? Yeah, absolutely. I had, I felt like I had to do it all. (laughs) I, I, I felt, um, and, and part of it is you have to prove yourself whenever you're in a new position or a new school, you feel like you have to prove yourself. And sometimes you don't know how to delegate or, or spread the wealth in the multiplier effect manner. Um, but I, so I've gone from doing way too much to, starting to 
to spreading the wealth and and giving other people opportunities. And I, I love my my former assistant principal. She's a, a principal now. I, I can't remember the situation. I just remember what I was thinking. And it was when I said, you're, I was like, you're, I'm, I'm in the background. You're, you're running the show right now. I'm going to give you every opportunity. And I looked at something that they were doing in the office. I was like, Oh, I don't know if I do it that way. And I just, I just bit my lip and sat on my hands and just let it happen. And it was fine. Everything was fine. I told her that she's like, what was it? I was like, I can't remember what the situation was, but it was fine. And you <laughs> taught me by doing that. She taught me that there are far many other opportunities or ways to solve a problem. And um, I, I listen more. Uh, I give people opportunities to, to do things. Um, so I'm not doing all of it, which is good. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I agree. As you're talking, I'm thinking about a simple strategy. You know, everybody listening, just the first question I think you should ask yourself is, should I be doing this? And if the answer is yes, then do it. And then the second part is, can somebody else be doing this to your point? Like, let's empower somebody else. I think the third point, which I think is the most important, is should nobody be doing this? And I feel like, you know, yeah, you as the principal, to your point, Ed, shouldn't be doing everything. But then also think one step further, should nobody, I, I can I can empower somebody else or, you know, shift it to somebody else. And I feel like, you know, like what's changed in the last, not just five years, but like six months. I mean, guys, yeah. the world's changing so fast. Um, and just, and just getting things, uh, making sure that we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. Ed, are you a hard worker or are you a workaholic? Was that one of your podcasts earlier? Cause I've heard this before. <laughs> it's an important question. Don't, don't dodge the question, Ed. <laughs> um, I'm a hard worker. I, 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 you, I, I used to be a workaholic, but I'm a hard worker. What changed? Like, what changed? Prioritizing, um, delegating, you know, really the teamwork aspect of it all. Everybody's here for one purpose and that's to help kids learn. Um, but uh, again, that multiplier effect, being able to spread it out so everybody gets the job done together. Um, I think that's how I've evolved as a leader over the years, um, being that, that workaholic who doesn't rest and works all weekend i i've learned over the last few years you really have to your downtime needs to be your downtime so you can be fresh when you're on and um it's prioritizing and 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 so forth but i would be i'm i'm a hard worker not a workaholic yeah. I mean, when you're happy and healthy at home and on the weekends, you're going to be happier and healthier when you're, when you're at work. I mean, to me, it's like, it's pretty, it's pretty simple. Uh, Ed, you got the microphone, man. What do you want to say to everybody listening to this podcast? Close us out. Hey, I think, you know, I have, um, I've enjoyed the networking ability with NAESP and <laughs> I think, really NASP has principals and assistant principals back and there's so many incredible resources out there uh, to connect people. And I I'm proud to be a, a servant of as a, a director for zone three representing Maryland, Virginia, DC, West Virginia, and Ohio. Um, I've, I've worked really hard to kind of connect it 
as many schools and principals and assistant principals with our zone three Twitter account to hopefully lift up zone three. Um, but really if we lift up zone three, we also lift up all the nine zones and we lift up NAESP and we lift up the profession. Um, there's so many great things going on out there and um, I'm just really proud to be a part of it and, and help facilitate lifting up our profession. Heck yeah. Principal E-C-O-S. Go to Twitter right now. Make sure you follow and connect uh, with Ed. NASP Zone 3 Director, NDP in 2019, past M-A-E-S-P President Ed Cosentino. I want to come by your school, man. I gotta, I've never been to Maryland. I've been to 44 states. So hopefully someday I can make it back. I want to come uh, come cruise the halls and see uh, see where it happens. And I can't believe you have an assistant principal with a with a, under 600 kids man i had like 650 and it was just me so bro you better never complain i don't <laughs> complain we got a great school system and a great school great kids great community it's it's a our hashtag is great success so heck yeah heck yeah, yeah. I love it. Everybody listening, thanks for being here. Join NASP, NASP.org, and we hope that you have an absolutely amazing day. Thank you, Adam.